Hello? What the hell is this? I'm asking myself the same question. Literally. No, this this can't be happening. This you sh What are you doing here? Well, I'll tell you that when you tell me where here is. Is this cosplay? Oh, do you want a selfie, bro? No, no, I'm, not, sorry. I'm sorry. I don't, we're not, no. I'm also the Flash. You're also the what? The Flash. The Flash? The Flash. It's complicated. I like your outfit. It seems comfy. Yours is pretty cool. Smooth. Seems safe and seems breathable. Found Barry Allen. No! What does that mean? How can this... This should be impossible now. It should be impossible now? You don't know about the... Oh my god, don't do this to me. I don't know about the what. Are you okay? I told Victor this was possible. What does this mean? Hi, this is John Walton, voice of the Washington Capitals, and you're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Unfortunately for Troop 417, during the ADAA required random drug screening, one of your players' urine tested positive for three separate types of anabolic steroids and a low-grade beaver tranquilizer. I'm afraid, by rule, your team must be disqualified. God damn you, Bernice! <laughs> by the power vested. We a refuge for great geeks, cause round here we don't get geek. We don't care for the hate speech, that's why we ain't mainstream. So we linked up on the same team, no heights we can't reach. We are fan, we're hearts true. If you feel the same, sing along too. Say great geek, great geek, refuge, refuge, great geek, great geek, refuge, refuge. Don't be a juice bag, cause round here we don't do that. Don't be a juice bag, cause round here we don't do that. All right. Now, as last time, it's now GGR after dark. So this is when things get crazy. Uh, <laughs> so then Barry pulls out his <laughs> his speed force, so to speak. His, um, yeah, his speed, his speed force. Jesus. Um, <laughs> but uh, I mean, the, the 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 movie is 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 just really awesome because I mean, you follow Barry, you, you you're following Barry, and. I, I, and the, the the great thing I really enjoyed about it is Barry kind of ending ending up in this place and like he has to figure it out like he's in this new reality and he's like really confused about literally everything that's going on and at least in the film version he go like he goes back without even like trying to do it he was just thinking about what if I did it while he was running and ended up doing it by accident which. Which then led down, the, uh, led through uh, to the entire entire film, and then there's just so many great moments. And like, yeah. un unlike Justice League, where a lot of the comedy is very kind of forced into it, like watching Barry and Thomas Wayne try to figure out how to recreate his experiment so he he can get his powers back, hilarious. Especially because <laughs> it doesn't work the first time. <laughs> well, like that's that's something that like. As much as I love Grant Gustin, 
like his the comedy element of the flash is not as prevalent as I had hoped with that series in general, but I still love it. But like one of the things I loved about the justice league animated series was that the flash was hilarious and like, you'll get little bits and pieces of it with Barry. Like I'm trying to, Oh, it was during the, um, the crossover event where they go to Gotham city and they meet uh Batwoman, but like he starts nerding out about Batman and like yeah. <laughs> he he asked Batwoman about it, and he's like, "Oh yeah, that was you know he was my cousin, yada yada yada." And he goes, oh, "Batman was real." Like that that's the Barry Allen that I was hoping for, and we get little bits and pieces of it here and there, but not as right. much as I'd hoped. Right, and and, and that's the and, and uh, I mean that's again that's the the great thing uh, about the anime because you're you're getting all you're getting all of that, and and like the thing with the TV show is. A lot of times Barry is usually too far on one end of the spectrum. He's either not smart or he's a scientist and completely figuring things out. He's either having funny moments or like it, it just or or the jokes and stuff just they don't really land. Like even even when uh Barry got jumped by his entire rogues gallery put together by uh uh Bathon, like he still ma- he still managed to a take out take them all out and be really witty and funny in the middle of doing it, like because yeah. that's just who that's just who he was, and it, it's stuff like it, it's it's that mix of it's that mix of hitting uh, the drama the comedy the action and, and just kind of really nailing all of it while also giving us really important character moments um, that you that you don't really get with the live action stuff like Barry delivering a letter to bruce from his father in the in the alternate timeline which was really that was really cool to see and like you don't get that with the live stuff so uh flashpoint was awesome uh, i very i very much enjoyed rewatching it last night and uh yeah you should watch it yeah yeah definitely i mean like i'm i'm i've always liked the flash i, I remember being a kid and um loving that original the series um with uh, John Wesley Ship as the Flash, like, and I was so disappointed that we only got one season out of it. But um, we'll get to my picks later because next is Mr. James Rambo. Give us one of your DC properties, movie-wise or TV-wise, whatever, man. One of them that you just absolutely love. Um, you know, it's funny. There's not, there's, there's so few that I'm like really in love with because I feel like they, they miss the point of a lot of characters and. They drop the ball in places that the MCU doesn't. Um, yeah. But one that I, I have come back to several times and is a controversial choice is Man of Steel. Mm. I, I'm with you on that one. Yeah, I, I know a lot of people are, are like, that's not Superman. I, I like that movie. I'm, I'm with you. And for me, it, it works um, almost entirely because of the cast. Um, if you... If if not, it's one of the reasons why I'm really excited about Henry Cavill coming back. It's because he was never the problem with any movie he was in, um, and you get little moments of little little glimmers of of what his Superman is and can be, um, and the writing is just not there. Um, but yeah, like I I this is the first time I actually got to see Superman have a real fight. Uh, it's the first time that I. You know, they, they kind of really explored, like, you know, the alien origins of the character. Like, you know, you, you, you it, it's never not been a part of him, but 
it wasn't ever really looked at in the same way, at least in terms of the, uh, the, the movies. Yeah. Um, and you get a really compelling villain in Zod and, uh, this very interesting dynamic of, uh, I, I wrote this whole long fucking essay about it, uh, a while ago. Um, and you, the, 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 the character dynamic between, um, between uh, Clark and Cal's fathers um, where they're both coming and com- coming from completely different uh, uh, points of view, wherein, you know, Joel is so optimistic and he's so hopeful for what's going to happen and what Superman can be. And John is just like, I just want to protect my son. I don't give a shit what happens to other people. Um, I hope, I hope he does things that are, that are good for himself and everyone else. But at the end of the day, if it, if it means you or them, it's you. Um, like that's such an interesting idea. And I get why a lot of people got really upset about it. I understand that perspective in terms of, you know, oh, it's not really Superman. It's like, well, you know, it's, it's, it's Superman begins. Like it's literally his first day on the job. Um, Oh, John Kent's telling Superman to kill a bunch of kids. No, he's not. No, he's not doing that. Protecting Quit removing his son. context from things. Well, and like, and that's the thing. He's protecting his son, but also that's literally not what he's doing in the scene. No. <laughs> like, you know, he's you know, you get that that that. Uh, uh, he's like, what, what? What? Clark says, what am I supposed? To, what should I have done? Should I let up, just let them die? And John says, maybe. And then he immediately backpedals on that. Um, it's. It, it's a thing that we talk about a lot on here, which is people parroting pop culture opinions. Either yeah. you didn't watch the movie or you didn't care about the movie. Either way, that's fine. But now you're going to, now your ignorance is supposed to be as good as my experience. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's got me. I should be also extra angry about that movie because a big part of my excitement about it was, Oh man, they've opened this door for so many things and there's so many things that they can explore and do now. I bet this next movie is going to be amazing. And fucking BVS ruined my day, man. I went and saw that movie. Like, I saw it at a at a at the first screening of the day. And I was just so fucking befuddled leaving that theater. Like, why would you? I don't understand. But you think? what I like I I legit thought that Zack Snyder had emotional problems for like a year or two after that um, and it was only it was only when I learned that he's an objectivist that I was like oh that makes a lot of sense okay cool yeah fuck you um, but yeah no for for as much as I dislike uh, Batman vs Superman Man of Steel I think is still a well-made movie and honestly that and um and dawn of the dead are the two things that i can hold up and be like Zack snyder knows how to make a movie you don't have to like the movie but he knows how to do it if you don't like his perspective that's fine but the man is a smart filmmaker um yeah yeah i mean like it's i'm gonna go in a different direction as far as like what what we're talking about as far as the DC movies, because like you guys, everything you guys have said has been great. And like, I enjoyed man of steel as well. And I'm like, MC 
said this on his Facebook, and I agree with it. He's like, there's no, there's nothing that you should ever stand, and I, I agree to a certain extent. But <laughs> I'm maybe a little, possibly a Superman stand, just a little bit. Um, I, I love Superman, and characters and, are fine. Okay, thank you. All right, I feel better. Okay, um, because Superman represents something that a lot of other heroes don't. And that that's he, he represents hope. He represents the best of us. He represents like, yes, there there's the Injustice uh, series where like he snaps and it's it's a cool off world thing, you know, like, hey, let's let's do this offshoot thing where Superman is a dick. Um, but like. By and large, it, it's about being the best version of yourself and being an example and doing everything that you can to be a leader in a time when you could very easily be a ruler and you could be uh, a fascist, you know? I mean, he could very easily... Uh, th there's a line from a comic book, and I don't remember which one it is, but Batman's talking about, like, it, the best thing about Superman is that he could rain fire upon all of us and wipe us all off the face of the planet, and he never does. And, like, it, it, it shows that it's not, like, the nature-versus-nurture argument. Like, it's... It is nurture. John and Martha Kent raised a good kid, and that's why he is who he is. And that's why I absolutely love Superman. Um, but also, too, because at a very young age, the first superhero movie I ever remember seeing is the Christopher Reeve Superman movie. And that's what that espouses is this. This is who I am. This is what I stand for. And because of that, I will do everything in my power to save the people of this planet, to save um, Lois Lane, to save the woman that I love. Like. All of those things, that's – and maybe that's why I believe the way I do, and maybe that's why I see superheroes the way I do. But that's what a superhero should be. That's what a, what Superman should be. And I wanted to bring up those original two. I wanted to bring up Superman, and I wanted to bring up the Tim Burton Batman. And I know whether it's Rambo or MC or those of you out there in the internet listening world, there are people rolling their eyes at me saying the Tim Burton Batman movie. Okay? <laughs> hey, let me state this right up front, guys. Hey, I love you. I love your opinions. I love that you guys don't like that movie. Fuck off. Here's why. He's awesome. When <laughs> when I was funny. Mike, before you start, yeah, go ahead. I have to eat some crow because <laughs> yeah. for the longest time I talked big shit about that movie. Yeah. And I rewatched it probably like six ish months ago. Uh -huh. And I am very wrong. It is a, <laughs> it is an excellent movie. Isn't it? Like that's that's the thing is I'm not saying it's it's technically accurate. I'm not saying it's exactly Batman. I'm not saying Michael Keaton is the best Bruce Wayne. I'm not saying any of that. I'm not saying that Jack Nicholson is the best Joker. None of that. I'm saying that for a seven year old boy seeing the hype train that was this movie, the, the, the McDonald's Happy Meals that came with Batman toys, the collector's glasses that you could get, the, the, the shelves of Batman toys, the Batmobile, the Batwing, like everything a whole fucking prince album like and then the movie <laughs> like this is exactly what superhero movies are supposed to be they're supposed to be essentially for little kids and then those of us who are young at heart now granted there are superhero movies that are a little darker that's fine but all in and most of us love superheroes because of our childhood experience correct yeah that's why i love that movie because I remember falling in love with Batman because of that movie. And like, it, it was just, it was so cool. And I've probably seen that movie hundreds of times. I haven't really, I haven't seen it recently though. I need to go back and rewatch it. But like, 
in general, like those, even the Joel Schumacher ones. I love those too. Batman and Robin. Yeah, I just said it. I love Batman and Robin again. Fuck off because it's fun. Yes, it's shitty. Yes, the dialogue sucks. Yes, they ruin yeah. Bane. But who the fuck cares? It's fun. And like you I, can I'm tell, with you, I'm with you on that. By the way, it's I'm, a terrible. I'm, it's a terrible movie. It is really fun to watch. It is, and you can tell that they were having fun making it, because like George Clooney doesn't give a shit. He's just like, I'm Batman. Check me out, and he like smiles at the camera. And, like at one, at one point, he literally drops in from the ceiling, and he looks at he looks at Schwarzenegger's uh, Mr. Freeze, and he goes, Hi, Freeze. I'm Batman. Like, fuck. Are you serious? Like. Who cares though? Schwarzenegger. Bad nipples too. Oh, that was bad nipples for sure, and it was also it giant. It does. It's it's Joel something Schumacher. I had forgotten about, yeah. and nobody talks about. Yeah. Um, That's the, the next hashtag movie we did, we need to do. Release the nipples. Yeah. Release uh, the bad nipples. <laughs> well, did you see? Did you see that? Uh, we have a buddy of the of the podcast, uh, Eric Meyer, um, and. Uh, he commented on your Matt Reeves Batman pictures that you put in the group chat today. He's like, I'm really disappointed that there's not bat nipples. <laughs> <laughs> I too am disappointed. <laughs> no, fucking uh, the Val Kilmer suit. Mm-hmm. It has nipples on it. Yeah. Yeah, it everybody, did. Everybody gets on the fucking the, the Batman and Robin movie, but it, it wasn't the first one to do that. No. It, yeah, it, it was anatomically correct, apparently. Like, if you look real close underneath the cape, you can actually see his butthole, too. Um, <laughs> I don't know, maybe. Probably not. But, like, it's... Those... Batman Forever is fucking funny shit. It, the colors are bright. Like, Gotham City has, like... Somebody once told me when you're writing a story, you want your scene, like, your city. You want that to be a character in itself. And Gotham City was... In those movies, Gotham City was alive. It was weird. It was gothic. But then there were also all these neon lights and shit like it was really, really cool. And like there's something about those movies that, again, while panned by the the, the comic uh, fanboys of the world, they, it was fun. It was enjoyable. Like they made a shitload of money in the movie theaters, too, for a reason, because they mm-hmm. were fun for people that weren't just comic book fans. And this is a really hard pill to swallow. If I ever made this meme, you know, they're like the, the tough pill to swallow meme. Like, that would be the meme that I would make, is that comic book movies are not always made just for comic book fans. And they shouldn't be. No. And that is a hill I will die on, because it's the same thing with Star Wars. Star Wars movies should not be made for old school Star Wars fans. And it's the same goddamn thing for Star Trek. I am so sick of that. I am so sick of hearing Star Trek fans being like, well, it's not my Star Trek. Well, you know, you're you're absolutely right. It's not your Star Trek, because your Star Trek died. Because it got stale. People got tired of seeing the same thing over and over and over again with every single series. So they remade it. They modernized it. They changed things about it. But they took the heart and soul of it and they kept that and then they added new stuff to it. And why is that bad? And like that's that I'll never get past that. Like I I can't understand why anybody can be that myopic when it comes to the things that they see and the things that they view and the things that they believe like how can you sit there and be like uh, oh yeah well you know I feel that these things in our society you know are, are fluid and you know everybody should be willing to change and everybody should be willing to do this and everybody should be open minded oh but Star Trek no don't fuck with Star Trek don't change that at all <laughs> like Batman no Batman has to be this way it's just like that's so that's so strange that people will, will they'll die on that hill you know like well, Rambo, if it makes you feel better, I had my, like, 20-minute rant, too, so no worries. <laughs> <laughs> um, talking about DC, though. We're talking about DC movies. Um, 
DC movies, DC things in, in general. Um, we're going to go round robin here. I want to bring up the uh, the Arrowverse because, boy, did that save live action DC shows. Like, yeah. if it wasn't for Oliver Queen and his uh, exploits of pretending to be Batman but with a bow and arrow, there wouldn't be there wouldn't be this renaissance, so to speak. I mean, like the TV series is out. The TV series are doing better than the movies. I would say, I would say they're, I would say they're more popular. And like, I'll, I'll, I'll give them this too. It arrow did the same thing uh, to me that Iron Man did when that was the first MCU movie that really came out. Um, it made me give a shit about a character I never cared about before. Because Iron Man was just Iron Man. You know, he was just one of those people that, like, he's just, he's there. He's Iron Man. You know, you just accept him for what he is. But I actually, like, began to appreciate him and like him as a character and want to see other things that he had to do. Same thing with with Oliver Queen. I was like, oh, yeah, he's the guy that shoots arrows and there's, like, a fucking boxing glove or some shit. I don't care. Whatever. Um, And it was fine. I just accepted him for what he was. But then all of a sudden they gave him depth. And he was this interesting character. It was somebody that you wanted to see what was going to go on. But more importantly is they made him realistic because MC, you can attest to this because I know you're a big Arrowverse fan. Uh, um, Rambo, I'm not sure how big of an Arrowverse fan you are. Mm. Um, okay. <laughs> that, that, that says everything. Okay. Um, people will, will drag him on a regular basis. Oh, Oliver's so stubborn. He's so set in his ways. Why won't he do this? Why won't he do that? Why won't he listen? You want to know why? Because he's a realistic portrayal of people. That's how people are. Oh, I just wish he would do that. Exactly. You say the thing, yeah. same thing about your family members, about your friends. Like, that's realistic. Like, it's... That's what I liked about it, man. I like that he's an asshole. <laughs> you know, yeah. like it's it's realistic. Same thing with Tony Stark. People will be like, oh, well, he's toxic. OK, cool. But that's his character. Yeah. That's who he's supposed I, to. Yeah. I got so I got so I got so annoyed uh, while I was doing my MCU rewatch with with stuff like that, because it's like, yeah, Tony. Yes, Tony. Is, Tony's an asshole. Like we, we can all establish that. But like we're. Tony's intentions were good, even though he was responsible for a lot of bad stuff that happened early on. Yeah. And 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 what people don't realize too is that he he learned from his mistakes, oh, and yeah. it it often ended up saving other or saving other lives or helping other characters where 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 he failed, and and that was just part of his journey yeah. to to make to 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 where he ended up. It completed his arc where he went from this selfish narcissist to doing the thing that Cap said he'd never do in making the sacrifice play. Yeah. And it's the same thing, same thing with uh with Oliver. Oliver goes from being this selfish, rich asshole with an agenda <laughs> in season one to uh to doing this thing where he where he is saving all of his friends at the expense of the life that he wanted. Yeah, exactly. And like, that's what I liked about it. And but also too, like when they finally introduced Barry and the Flash into the Arrowverse, like, first off, what a breath of fresh air, because he was just so much lighter than Oliver, even though he had just as much tragedy, if not more. But like, I still think that like when we stack them up, like if we're stacking up like all of the different um, comic book TV series that we've seen, I would stack up season one of the Flash with like Daredevil 
season two or season three, like all three seasons of Daredevil are fucking amazing. But yeah. like, I would put the flash up there easily. Like that first season and the second season too. They're both first two really, seasons really are great. Good. You, yeah. you, I mean, it, it's, it's unpopular, but you could even add like a good portion of season three, just up until like those last four, three or four episodes. Yeah. They weren't great. Cause they like messed up a bunch of stuff. Kind of I remember like season more. three introducing Wally. Yeah. Uh, they did flashpoint really early. Oh yeah. What were we saying, it, Rambo? Was season four? Uh, season four was the thinker, right? Yeah. See that that might be my favorite season. I'll have to go back and watch that one. I remember like bits and pieces of it. I really liked. Like it was, I, it was okay. Like I'll have to rewatch it though, because like I'm currently rewatching the series. I'm I'm introducing my son to to it, and we're in into season one right now. And um, when he found oh sh- man, when he found out that Thawn was or the the reverse flash was um was wells like he lost his mind he was like he's the <laughs> bad guy <laughs> i was like yeah dude isn't that crazy what i what i really liked about the fourth season was um and it, it honestly felt like a self-critique of the show uh like them them realizing one of their own weaknesses is pretty much every villain up to that point was some version of a speedster and yeah. it got tired fast. Um, and with the fourth season, with the thinker coming in, it became this whole like, well, there's no solution where you can just run fast and fix this. There's, there's, you know, you actually have to put some effort in, and it, and it really changed the dynamic of it. Um, and I really, I appreciated the fact that that they they did go so far and, and do something so different. Um, particularly as, you know, the first season, awesome. Uh, and I really liked a lot of the second, but you know, when they kept going back to that, well, for lack of a better term, um, it just like, it just felt like variations on a theme in much the same way that like every other character being like, run, Barry, run, um, (laughs) got fucking old. Uh, like write better dialogue. God damn it. I get it. It's a theme. I understand. Um, but yeah, man, no, the, the, the season with the thinker, uh, was really fucking cool. And then I, to follow it up with like, ugh, the, <laughs> the season immediately after that, Nora. like honestly, oh, there's God. like six episodes on my DVR right now and I'm tempted to just delete them all. It's the best you know, thing you can do. That's, that's self-care. Deleting season five <laughs> of the Flash. Oh no, dude! I watch all of season five. No, I'm talking about new stuff. The most recent episodes. Oh no! See, I like season six. I know yeah. Mike is was was watching it. I was yeah, I was catching up on because uh, it's on Netflix and um, it's not bad. I'm I'm been enjoying it. It's the the they leave without spoiling it for anybody who's still trying to watch it. There's a there's a huge like thing that happens and it kind of is going to change everything. And the season doesn't finish because of uh, coronavirus, because of the quarantine. So, like, I, that I, – I'm one of those people that needs resolution. Like, I need to know. I got to, like – and yeah. because there is no resolution for this, it really bums me out. And I almost don't want to finish watching the season because I need to know how it's going to end and how they're going to fix that thing. Because that thing is, like, super important. Yeah. And, like, yeah, <laughs> it's – it's – yeah. Like, we'll, we'll see how that all goes. Um, <laughs> Let's let's do this, guys. I want to give a few more picks, and then and then we're gonna go ahead and, uh, and and call it an evening here. Um, uh, who are we up to next? Uh, Rambo, I believe. Rambo, yeah. 
Um, Steve mentioned V for Vendetta before he left, which is definitely yeah. on my list. Yeah. Uh, but I'm gonna go Constantine. Ooh. Ooh. I now, are we talking like the animated wait, wait, stuff? Are you, are you talking, talking about the show or the movie? I am talking about Keanu Reeves as John Constantine. Dude, I dug that movie. I really did. I know a lot of people don't, but I I loved it. I enjoy the shit out of that movie. Yeah. Um, it is a big departure. Uh, you know, Constantine, the character is based on like visually is supposed to be based on sting. Yeah. Uh, um, he is a, you know, he's, he's a fucking Brit. He is blonde hair, blue eyed. Uh, but as far, as far as the characterization is concerned, Reeves nails it. Like, John Constantine is an asshole. At the end of the day, everything he is doing in that movie is really about protecting himself. Um, with like the most minor sort of like uh, uh, like nod toward a heroic bent. Uh, but he's not a good guy. He's a dick. Um, but yeah, it was smart and funny and um, really weird and creepy in places. Um, I thought Tilda Swinton as a fucking gender bent, uh, uh, angel was awesome. Um, Peter Stormare choose scenery a little too much for my liking. Oh, his Lucifer. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll take his Lucifer. Um, yeah. yeah. And I, I didn't even mind fucking Shia LaBeouf in that movie. Like young Shia LaBeouf, uh, uh, as Chad. Um, but yeah, it was cool to see them do something so different with a, uh, with a property. And I wish they got to do more. Um, but yeah, no fucking Canary's Constantine again. It is a significant departure from the character, uh, that we know in, in the comics, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. Again, like we, we talked about this uh, before the show, man, there, there's no such thing as a unique idea anymore. Cause Ed, everybody, everything's been done. It's how you tell a story and it, it's the execution. And like, that's, that's what matters the most in, in my opinion. So I'm with you. I loved it. I, I, I loved that movie. And not only that, we got your man crush in the movie as well. We got a little Gavin Rossdale action in a uh, costume. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Um, MC man, give, me, give us another pick here. Uh, are, are we sticking the movies or is it just it's, any DC property? It's our podcast. We'll do whatever the fuck we want. So yeah, whatever you want to talk <laughs> I mean, about. I, I, I just, I just wanted to make sure, I just wanted to, to make sure. No, you're good, um, okay. Well, in that, in that case, I'm going to, I'm going to go with a property that, uh, is, uh, still really underrated as far as the stuff we talk about on here. Yeah. Um, and it's, a it's a uh, somewhat related to the thing I mentioned earlier. I'm going to talk about the Young Justice TV show. Ooh, Young the Young Justice TV show. Um, I mean we we I mean we we spent enough time gushing over the the animated films early earlier, but their animated TV shows. I mean DC has a really strong run of uh, animated TV shows. If you want, just want to go with the Batman animated series, the Superman animated series, Batman Beyond, Static Shock. Uh, so on the, the uh, original Teen Titans run uh, when that was still on air, um, Young Justice uh, falls right in that category, and it was a shame that it got canceled when it did, uh, because it kind of left people really wanting more, and and folks were really confused as to like why did the show get canceled? This was really good. We want more, and then it got canceled until. Uh, it fortunately got brought got brought back when they relaunched uh, DC Universe last year, two years ago, 
whenever that was. Um, they, that was one of the, the properties that they announced that they were bringing back, which obviously drove up a lot of interest. And I was able to, to watch this series for the first time. And the premise of it I, I thought was really cool. You take the, uh, the, uh, the sidekick characters uh, who are tired of being un- who are tired of being sidekicks and want to do their own thing and give it a series. And, and so, you know, season one, you're really focusing in on uh, Dick Grayson's Robin, um, Wally West, uh, Wally West Flash, and um, gosh, who, um, Red Arrow, I can't think of his name right now, uh, uh, Red Roy. Arrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Roy Harper, and there's uh, someone else I'm forgetting. I want to try the trifecta. Oh, um, uh, Bart? Bart? No. Oh, it's um. Was it Wally? Oh, was it Connor? God, it's it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna come it's gonna come back to me. I'm, I'm okay. certain. Um, but you know, you, like you take it, you take it, and you you focus in on just these uh, these sidekick characters who haven't gotten a lot of shine, who are tired of playing this this secondary role to the heroes, and they're tired of basically having to be on standby whenever there's like a big thing that the justice league has to go handle, but they also don't trust the sidekicks to either come along with them on said mission or to handle things, um, in the, in the city as they're, as they're, uh, as the, as the league is away. So you, you go on this journey of them basically trying to show that they, uh, them trying to prove themselves. Aqualad. That's what I'm thinking of. Aqualad. Ah, okay. yeah. I, I, I knew it was someone. Aqualad. Um, so, so like, uh, see, you go through season one where they're they're bringing in these new recruits. You meet Miss Martian. Uh, you meet Connor, um, and you basically kind of just focus in on on them as kind of like the main crew, um, as they're uh, proving themselves. I think Blue Beetle be, uh, joins in also at some point. Um, and then, like over the course of every season, there's there's a, a theme, a theme uh, that they tend to that they tend to focus on um, that becomes a big a big part of the story. And then uh, they they bring in all these new characters, these new storylines. Um, but and, and as much as the series does focus in on just these uh, these younger younger heroes, like they they do also still. Uh, have storylines that focus in on the the older the older heroes. So, like there's this whole thing in uh, season two that focuses in on uh, the Justice League uh, 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 getting mind controlled and like wreaking havoc on um, in the universe. And so they end up having to go on trial. And so the, our heroes are are stuck on Earth trying to figure figure out how to operate now that they can't they can't even go to the league for assistance on how to handle certain situations how to do certain things that we weren't taught how to do and they have to make decisions that they haven't haven't they haven't they haven't had to to do before and so it's 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 a really awesome series um the the stuff that i know about the characters as far as their depictions is seemingly pretty accurate um, and it's just it's, it's 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 a really good show all around. Like I, I I've been recommending it to people left and right. Like, hey, if you really want to watch something really good, it's really animated, but has really uh, really good stories. 
uh, really good characters. You get really good character development, really great fight scenes, and really good emotional moments that'll 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 you know have you f- really attached to these characters. Watch yeah. Young Justice. It's it, it it hits all those points. Fantastic. Um, I want to kind of dovetail off of that because um, surprisingly, like, and it, it kind of fits with what we all know about the DC universe in general, when it comes to their, their properties and the things that we like, the best things tend to be the animated stuff. So I'm sticking with that because I mentioned before my love of all those Batman movies that came out in the nineties. Um, but because of the first one, the first one and the second one in particular, it brought back a, a renaissance for Batman, so to speak. Like people, he, he got brought back into the, uh, the talk. Basically people wanted to know more about him. And because of that, they did Batman the Animated Series, which started in 1992. And it is, in my opinion, if you need to know who Batman is and what the character is about and what Bruce Wayne is about and what Robin is about and Jim Gordon and all of his rogues gallery, like, this is it. This is what you watch. This is your Bible. Like, this is the thing that you should go to because I feel like these are the most accurate depictions of what these characters truly are. Like, not these, and we've we've shit on them before, and we're going to continue to do it. Like, not these weird Alan Moore depictions of Batman. Like, not the Frank Miller versions of them, which, while good in their own rights, I still feel that they're missing that, that, that core that is these characters. The animated series is the exact opposite. It is dead on, it's on brand, basically, is the best way to describe it. This is what I feel is the true Batman. Um, like Steve was saying, Kevin Conroy as the voice of Batman, Mark Hamill as the voice of the Joker. Like these are, these are, these are these characters. This is what they are in my head when I read the comic books as I hear them in those voices. Um, And I don't think any of us grew up not watching this show, right? Like everybody watched this show at one point or another, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, and, and give me your take on this guys. And like, uh, Rambo, actually I've always meant to ask you about this. Is that, is my take on this of, of Batman, the animated series being kind of like the gold standard for what you should expect from Batman and how he should be as a character. Is that pretty accurate? Uh, at all times, every comic movie TV show, uh, every other depiction of Batman is measuring themselves against this cartoon. Okay. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah, uh, I, I actually I was <laughs> I like a half an hour before we recorded. Yeah, uh, I recorded uh, an interview with another friend of mine on a different podcast. Yeah. And he and we were talking about TV and specifically he asked me what my favorite cartoon was. And yeah. I said Batman the Animated Series. Yeah, uh, it it redefined certain characters until this show. Mr. Freeze was a guy that robbed banks for the cold gimmick. And that was <laughs> it. Yeah. Like the the the. The story, the background on that character that we have now with the actual pathos and the interesting, like the actual interesting backstory is 100% from the show. Um, so, yeah, like like the and, and also you, you would get no Timverse without this show. Like this show led into Superman, which led into Justice League, which led into Unlimited, just limited and then like just built from there. Yeah. Um, like Andrea Romano doing uh, voice uh, 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 voice casting, it all comes from from Batman the animated series. Um, so yeah, it's it's phenomenal. Yeah, and like it's it it's typically with cartoons they're goofy and funny. Like this was not. 
this was serious, very serious a lot of times. And like, there were some really heart-wrenching scenes. I remember being young and watching this. Like, so, I mean, if this is 92, so I would have been like 10, 11, somewhere in that range. And like, I remember there's the, there's an episode in particular and it still sticks with me. I haven't seen it again in, in decades, but like, um, Clayface steals, um, this like radioactive isotope and all of this equipment to basically turn himself back into a human so that he's no longer this, this monst monstrosity that he is. And Batman stops him and destroys the machine and does all this other stuff, right? And, like, they have this epic fight. And if I remember correctly, it's Ron Perlman who's the voice of uh, Clayface. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like, just, and again, too, just amazing voice acting. But, like, they end up fighting, and they're fighting over a cliff, and it starts raining. And Clayface is basically falling apart and turning into goo. And Batman tries to save him, and Clayface falls into the ocean. And, like, I just remember being, like, having, like, mixed emotions about it. I was like... That's kind of a dick move, Batman. Why didn't you just wait till he was a human again and then snap the fucking cuffs on him? Like, I remember being like, wow, the superhero is not all like always 100 percent correct. And like that blew me away, like like as a kid realizing that and like walking away from that episode being like, wow, that was that was some deep stuff, man. I need to like think about this <laughs> like. You got that from Batman, but then in the same vein, you have one episode where all of the rogues gallery is sitting around playing cards and they're talking about the time that they almost got Batman and, mm -hmm. and, um, killer Croc's uh, con contribution is, uh, so one time <laughs> I, I picked up a really big rock and I threw it at him and everybody just kind of stares there and he goes, and I almost hit him, but I missed and then he kicked it's me like, in the face. <laughs> and <laughs> it, it was a big rock. <laughs> And he kicked me. <laughs> <laughs> I also love, like, when you know the reveal that, that 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 is actually Batman posing as Croc. Yeah. You realize that that is Batman's impression and critique of Croc. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just. It's and just part of, it, it works on two levels. It works if it's him making that story up to make Croc seem even dumber. But it also works if it really happened, because then it's Batman being like, no, he, he almost hit me with that rock, and it was fucking big. And, <laughs> like, it would have fucked me up real bad. <laughs> oh, man. I think this is a perfect... Uh point for us to kind of wrap things up here uh ladies and gentlemen out there in the listening world thank you for tuning in to another episode of ggr pirate radio we appreciate all that you guys do if we're giving you any joy any and uh any laughs um you're yelling and screaming at, at at your iphone which try not to do in public um but if you if you do you know make sure you're wearing a mask um, <laughs> um, we appreciate that, you know, we appreciate that you're getting engaged, uh, in this conversation that we're, we're having here. If you have comments, if you have questions, feel free to reach out to us on, uh, the Facebook page. You can reach out to us on the website, um, on Twitter. There's lots of avenues for you guys to talk to us, but I want to thank everybody that was involved. Steve, he's already gone for the evening. Uh, I want to thank Mr. Uh, Mr. James Rambo. Thank you, sir, for, for joining us on this episode as always. Thank you. Um, MC Brooks, I want to thank you for two things. One, for being part of this podcast. But again, dude, like I said, we were having a conversation about like music and things like that. And like eventually trying to put our stuff up on YouTube. And he was like, oh, wait, I have a theme song. Just like pulls it out of his back pocket like it's no big fucking deal. And just like drops it on me. And I was like, oh, OK. And I'm expecting it to be very raw cut. Right. 
And I listen to this goddamn thing and I'm like, this is some professional level shit. Like people are going to be singing this to themselves. They're going to be humming this to themselves. Like people will be singing along as they listen to this theme song in their car or walking down the street, whatever it ends up being like that dude, just, I can't give you enough props for this, man. Like it was, it's a fucking awesome song and I can't wait to hear the full version of it. Like when, cause we're going to keep keep it quiet because we want it to be cool like secret here but there's another uh another uh, artist who's going to add their vocals to the song to give us a more robust song and like i just can't wait to hear the whole thing man but seriously like you outdid yourself with this man this is fucking awesome thank you of course dude of course man we appreciate what you do hey by the way if you like the music that mc brooks provides you should pay this man his money go to Bandcamp. uh just go to Bandcamp and search mc brooks it's right there also if you like james rambo he's a funny guy have you seen his art his art's fucking awesome i have some of it hanging up in my studio right now i'm staring at it longingly as i see daredevil in this very super awesome pose go to etsy he's got his own etsy store look it up james ramba pretty easy to find he's on facebook too there's a facebook page for this art but pay this man his money as well because in this time of quarantine any little bit helps and we appreciate it but more importantly we appreciate you and guys stay safe keep your hands washed wear those masks and don't be a juice bag thank you for listening to ggr pirate radio make sure you check out our website greatgeekrefuge.com for all of our awesome articles and wonderful podcasts. You'll regret this day, friend! I'm not your friend, buddy! I'm not your buddy, guy! He's not your guy, friend! I'm not your friend, buddy! We're not your buddy, guy! I'm not your guy, friend! This has been Pirate Radio Network production, Juice Bags. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, boy!